You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Since I was a teenager, I wanted to see a movie about Michelangelo that focused on his life and examined it through his, you know, competitive rivalries with his artistic peers like Leonardo and Raphael and, you know, and then Donatello, who had been dead for several years, but, you know, he still surpassed him with the Statue of the David. But either way... I never got that movie, so I'm just going to have to settle for yet another iteration of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise. Uh, That's the closest I'm going to get to seeing basically the Avengers of the Renaissance art world uh, in one movie. I think that's Assassin's Creed 2. I actually think Universal is working on that right now. They're making a cinematic universe of painters. You know, after their dark materials, I don't trust them, okay? Whatever. I forgot that happened. It's oddly thing to bring it up. because Dark materials is a different thing. Dark dark Universe was the one that bombed. Was that me? That that didn't have any juice. Yeah, you know. How, <laughs> how do you fuck ooze? up the universal monsters? But hey, speaking of monsters, <laughs> I'm joined by three others here uh, with me. Uh, I am Marco, and you know what? I'm just going to call you all by your Renaissance artist names. Michelangelo, the editor. <laughs> Spider Michelangelo. <laughs> and normal Nate. Normal Nate. Nate. <laughs> or as the Italians say, Nate. Uh yeah. I'm Mike, and I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they could hire you to do publicity for this movie. <laughs> That's the saddest thing about the the strike is that, or not even saddest, because it's funny more than anything, is the studios don't have anybody to endorse their movies. They'd be like, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm in this movie. <laughs> Instead, it's like, this is the kid who said I like turtles maybe 20 years ago, who's clearly like maybe in his early 20s or 30s. Saying I, the same thing for us. They, they were lucky weird. to get that Seth Rogen clip in the beginning of the movie where it's oh, just huh? like, hey, thank you for being out there. They, obviously, the they obviously recorded that way ahead of time. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, man. So, okay. So you obviously know what we're talking about. And depending on how old you are, there's probably a chance that you grew up with the Ninja Turtles. You love them. Every iteration of them, you're interested to see what they do with the material so next. Maybe pandering to you. I might have. I, I well, no, I have some good things to say about this. I just want to set up the expectation that I didn't really grow up with it. I didn't have any real, you know, driving interest. But ever since I saw the trailer and the animation style that they were using here, I was really intrigued by this and was hoping that you know the material would match up with the visuals. You guys are probably bigger fans of the franchise than I am. How did this live up to your expectations? So the thing about the Turtles is that you have to remember that the Turtles have, have gone through many iterations as time has gone on. They, there's the original uh, run where they were all violent as fuck. Uh, there's the 80s cartoon up until about the 90s stuff, which is about 50-50, to be honest. 
And then there's uh, the 2003 series, and then there's the 2012 series, and then there's Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that happened not that long ago. There's a live action movies, the 2007. Yes, I didn't. Movie. I was going to pretend those didn't. The, most of those didn't exist, <laughs> except for the 2007 one. That one I was. Going oh, to the, bring the, up. the 1990 one's awesome. I love. I want to say have nostrils. I brought up the 1990 ones. I was going to. I said I wasn't going to talk about the Michael Bay ones. Is one of the ones I was going to pretend didn't exist. <laughs> oh, okay. But you know the. Pretty, 19- but you brought them out of me. You sick fuck. <laughs> you know the 19. 19- it's coming back to me. <laughs> the 1991 is. Is, uh, edited by Sally Menke. The 1991 <laughs> used to be one yeah. of the highest grossing indie films of all time. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. a joke. Until Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, because the reason for it is because nobody I thought believed Blair in it. I thought it. Oh, a lot of stuff did it. it but we, yeah. we've already gone off track. We've but gotten off track, yes. The thing is, depending on what version of the Ninja Trolls you like, really, I think, comes down to how much you will like this movie. I think this one is a great... A great adaptation of the idea of the way the 80s one kind of used them and the way the 2003... <laughs> show used them the 2012 one uh had some ideas for this sort of thing but i think it it did the perfect iteration of like really silly but also like a really emotional story at the same time because the yeah. silly is like the 80s stuff and then the emotional stuff is what the 2003 2012 did really well as well as the 1990 film and so but it's got a lot of the stuff because you're gonna really it really depends on how much you like the origin story of the ninja turtles as well because there's some people that they're like, I like it when the rat was an, already a, a master fucking ninjutsu man who happened to turn into a rat. Or where this one is like, he was a rat who watched a lot of YouTube. <laughs> and so I think this movie was fucking phenomenal. Um, it, every single Ninja Turtle felt like an actual teenager. Because that's what a lot of the other stuff tends to fail at. Yeah. Especially the 2007 or what, I don't even remember. No, not the 2007. The, um, the, the t- whatever the Michael Bay the time Michael frame Bay is. I don't remember when they came out. I mean, the character design has always been very samey, even back to the toys when you realize it's the same sculpt. It's just a different color head yeah. headband and some accessories. And I always struggle to tell like which one was which. Same. This movie, they actually, they all have different body sizes. Yes. They have different type voices and they have different styles of delivery. And you really do believe them as four individual characters with their own personalities. I thought that was a huge advance from previous versions. Yeah, where, where the only way to tell them apart was color and what letter that was on their belt. Well, it's it's the it's the old Huey, Dewey, and Louie thing. Yeah, yeah. With the original yeah. exactly, DuckTales. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know the fucking, which one was which. But then the, two, the, um, the reboot really gave them a personality where I'm like, oh, now I know exactly which one of which well, is which. Well, they, they're, they're kind of sting on the cartoon. I mean... <laughs> You know, the uh, was it Leonardo was the leader, Donatello yes. did machines, Michelangelo was party dude. dude. And Raph was rude but crude. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm kind of adjacent from the, the mics over here, more in Marco's camp. I really didn't grow up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Out, I'd, seen the, I'd seen the <laughs> movies. I mean, just out of cultural osmosis, I know their origin and everything. This movie was dope. Like the entire so dope. Oh yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I was charmed. You're not from allowed to say to that unless you say it the way Seth Rogen would pronounce "dope." This is dope. There you, go. <laughs> there you are. That was not you even my, close to you him. my impression. Close what do you enough. Mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, but go on. Continue. No, no, no. I mean, it, I looked at the ads for this, and I think Seth Rogen, as a creative, has always been somebody who hits more than misses. Uh, with the exception of like Green Hornet and like you know occasional things, yeah. but he, he's one of the few creatives who actually really tries something and really swings for the fences with what he does. I agree. Yeah, I I, I always tend to like him better when when he's one of the creative force behind it because 
He takes risks. I mean, I mean, look at like the interview was a very risky movie. Sausage Party could never existed in a million years without his clout, and I that that's why like I always get excited whenever I see like written by Seth Rogen. Yeah, because yeah, and Evan Goldberg who works on it with everything. Yeah, and I I looked at the ads for this, and I was cautiously optimistic. I've noticed this trend in animation that has. Uh, you know, whenever there's a trend in animation, it's so often that they beat the horse down. Like, now we have, like... I, I liked Puss in Boots quite fine. Uh, I liked... Uh, I'd never ended up watching the bad guys. But that, that blending of the 2D animation with the CG animation that Spider-Verse does so masterful. Yeah. And I was kind of afraid this was going to be, like, a diet Spider-Verse. But with, you know, fun... It's definitely, it's definitely a post-Spider-Verse film. And, and yeah. I agree, because they have run into the point where... Most animation studios are kind of chasing one another's tails and they all look a bit the same. Or Disney, uh, we, who have seemed to have forgotten that they were innovators of animation and were like, yeah, hey, right. let's just remake our classics, but make it look like it's a live action movie. And I'm like, there is nowhere in the world where somebody said, you know what's wrong with Lion King? It's animated. You know, if yeah. we make them look like real lions, it'll be better. No, I love the fact that you have starting with Spider-Verse, and I'm sure there's other examples, but this movie says, hey, we're an animated feature, we're a cartoon, it's highly stylized, and we're going to lean into it. There's no attempt to make this photo real, even though it's obviously 3D, but they also have somehow built in a kind of hand-drawn quality. So sometimes <laughs> they look like a cross between, like, stop motion uh, but with like little squiggles and things. They, 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 a lot of it looks like uh, like paintings. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it looks like what you know, like uh, David, like what was it, Dave McKean and uh, and like Bill Sankiewicz were doing in the eighties with comics, oh, going like, "Hey, why don't we we can get in there and just do some sketchy doodly stuff?" So I'm going to stop oh, us real quick. Uh, we haven't actually said what this movie is about. <laughs> yeah, not Dave McKean. Dave so, McKean. It's a Ninja Turtle movie. So yeah. it's, it's it. about it's about the Ninja Turtles of their. Well, they're and they're teens, of course. Yeah. Um, they've been around after after a accident with involving the ooze fifteen years prior. Oh, that involved um a man, a Baxter Stockman, who's known mostly as a fly normally, but he's not doesn't survive this movie very long. <laughs> he uh he creates mutants, and then he's accidentally killed as long as with his research, and the the mutants that he made are now out and about. And the ooze created the turtles as well as Master Splinter. And so it cuts back to 15 years later. The turtles are now, they're at the point where teenagers are like, I want to now go out. I want to do things. But they're turtles. They're giant turtle people. And so they, if they walk outside, somebody's going to yell, kill it with fire as loud as they can. And they know that. And so for the first time in their lives, they end up, they accidentally end up meeting somebody who accepts them after they do something heroic and they all decide, well, we're going to stop um, this bad guy known as Superfly to keep, so everybody loves us and everybody will accept us. But that goes off the rails and that's really as far as I will tell outside of that. And so the name of his course is Mutant Mayhem, so you're going to see a lot more mutants besides the four of them. And a lot of mayhem. And a lot of mayhem. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, that's as far as I'm going to say about the movie, only because there's a lot of fun to be had yeah. after that. Well, in your plot description, I just was reminded of how well this movie balances tones and types of movies. I mean, it it at points is a superhero movie, and it points as a body horror movie, it points as a teenage comedy, coming of age movie, and it, it balances all of those masterfully and fully commits to every genre it's in. Yeah. I also really like the recontextualization of April O'Neil. She's not 
a, the news reporter we know yet. And, you know, it puts her more as a peer of the Turtles, and it really focuses on yeah. them being teenagers. I, the few bits and pieces I've seen over the years, I'm like, I don't know that those guys are teenagers. I mean, they, they all seem and act the same. Yeah. Here, I really bought that. These are some, you know, some bored, angsty teens who are like, hey, we just want to get out and do normal things. Like, how many teenagers actually want to go to high school? And they're like, we'd love to go to high school and hang yeah. out. And, you know, but again, we kind of end up in this sort of classic X-Men type uh, duology where it's like, well, you know, f- the mutants should learn to live with humans. No, fuck the humans. You know, <laughs> mutants rule and we'll just get rid of everybody and there'll be happiness once all the humans are gone. And of course, the turtles have to pick a side. And if you don't know what side they're going to pick, congratulations on having watched your first movie. Uh, I hope you had a good time. Uh, but this was charming. Yeah. I, I, I really wasn't going into this with any expectations other than to see some interesting art. But boy, I had a good time with it. And it seems like everybody else here did. I think yeah. it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Oh, 100%. All, all of every single voice actor is bringing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, every Io single... and Beery playing April O'Neil. Yes. Who, and, and we, we, we just yeah. heard her in uh, Clone High as uh, Harry Tubman. On the I yeah. did not even know she was in Clone and every, High. I need to every, watch that. Every turtle is a, is a teen. Like, they got vo- the, all the voice actors for them, or for the most part, are kind of in the actual age group. Uh, the only one that I would call famous, and I'm using quoting fingers, is the voice of Leonardo, who is the voice of Gumball from The Amazing World of Gumball. And, and so he. One, one of them is also on that Seth Rogen produced movie, Good Boys. Pro, yeah, oh, most okay. likely. But the other thing is that what I liked about it is that they took a lot of feedback from them because they're such young kids. So there's a lot of things in here that you'll hear, like Goat, for instance, yeah. or Riz. Somebody says Riz at one point, where the actual writers are like, I don't know what the fuck that means because I'm like 40 kind of thing. <laughs> and so they added that stuff in there because they're like, these are what teens are actually saying. And of course, it's going to age badly as time goes on. But so is the 80s movies because nobody says Calabunga anymore. They say it ironically the way we we do when we watch a Ninja Turtle movie. Yeah. And so that's really what's what it is. It's It's them being actual teenagers of this era. I really am excited to see how kids and teenagers actually end up watching this movie. Yeah, we we had, we saw in a room full of kids, and they seemed to be having a good time with it. Yes, except for that one kid who started their review really early and was just fussing and crying the whole time. And usually that's me, but this time, you know, it wasn't. And I I'm, thought it was you. Well, I'm yeah. usually just not so verbal about it. I just keep it all like, in. I don't smell a cigarette. You know, well, you know, if, if well, that, we were inside, he couldn't smoke. Yeah, that's, that's what they were. Well, that's what that kid was crying. They were ejecting her for smoking in the cigarette. You know, that's what she gets for being three years French old. And smoking. Serious nicotine. The kids vape now. Marco, it's oh, different. Is that, is that what they do now? <laughs> they, they vape and they say Riz. They just get new types of cancer. Yes, uh, <laughs> they get fancier cancer. Fancier cancers. I mean, this it's is lit. <laughs> very lit cancer. It's under attack here. Do people still say lit? I don't. Even know. I don't know. At one point, uh, Superfly pl- says call, uh, he calls people fam, and I'm like, okay, I guess they still do that. Uh, but you know, what's wrong also, with that, what a how fun is it to have Ice Cube in this? Uh, you oh, know, yeah. Every the voice, voice actor is great. Yeah, it's even people I didn't recognize. I was like, whoever's doing this is I doing almost, a really good job. I almost don't want to spoil like the cast of the Mutant Ensemble because you just have this great cast of comedic talent. A lot of people from the Rogan camp. Sure, there's a few surprises all, in there. All bringing their own color to this. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's really. Now, personally, do I am I in love with this franchise now? No, but this is really, I think, a good introduction to, as Mike said, a new generation of kids yeah. who haven't been exposed to it yet. 
And for older people who maybe just have kids and just want something to watch with them, this ain't a bad way to this ain't a bad way to spend some time in the theater. Uh, it sounds like I'm already going into my review, so why don't we start going into our final thoughts? Uh, Nathan, kick us off, please. I, I I mean, just another thing about this movie leading into my thoughts. I not the biggest Ninja Turtle fan by any stretch, but I always have fun with them. This movie was endlessly entertaining from oh, yeah. start to finish. Funny as fuck. The entire movie, I was cracking up laughing. The art style is... Well, I brought up Spider-Verse and the potentiality of it looking different. It's got its own vibe. It's nasty in ways that you would want a Ninja Turtle movie to be. The action scenes are really well choreographed and really well done. And I really cared about the characters without it feeling too serious in any way. It never tried to thread a needle that it didn't need to. Uh, yeah, no, this is... you. You said the potentiality of this being a high-rated movie for you, Michael, and I'm not going to spoil your rating. I'm like, I'm like nine and a half to ten vials of ooze, you know. Like, I, the only reason I'd give it a nine out of half is because I'm not fully confident until I see it again whether or not this is a fucking perfect movie. That's fair, <laughs> Mike, the editor. No, I. I... Ninja Turtles is a franchise that's always been very near and dear to my heart. Um, you have the toys, the games, the comics, everything. And so I was, you know, I'm always a little apprehensive about a new interpretation, but it's always inevitable. You know, death taxes and new Ninja Turtles are the no. three things that are inevitable. <laughs> but this was endlessly charming, endlessly fun. The I love that art style. It, it's yeah, it's like a claymation painting hybrid and i love the little imperfections you see the little scribbles whatever there's like a light being illuminated <laughs> and also one thing i'm a huge fan of is i'm a huge nine Nails fan oh, and yeah. that that's that trent Reznor score <laughs> sorry that trent Reznor score that was such a random choice but it made sense and as always trent Reznor fucking brought it <laughs> it's it, it's a soundtrack that i wouldn't mind owning on vinyl someday <laughs> and you know mixed with all the the cool 90s hip-hop um <laughs> And yeah, they, they, Mostly they, hip hop. One yeah. or two songs that aren't that were fucking perfection. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it does a great job setting up a new interpretation of them, and the the writing is great. You know, Rogan and company did a, a fantastic job. At, it's just it's fun. It's fun for all ages. I, I was I just texted my sister saying that her her kids are gonna love it. Um, and I, it's it, I don't know if I love it as much as I liked uh, Spider Verse, but. Uh, it's it's up there. It's it's the best Ninja Turtles movie we've had so far. Um, and so I, I'm not ready to give it a nine, but I'm ready to give it an eight and a half out of ten slices of pizza with waffles on them. <laughs> Spider Mike, I thought this movie was perfection. The Ninja Turtles uh, also I hold this very special place in my heart. Specifically, well, part of it's also because I'm one of four brothers. And every single one of us have a very specific turtle that we enjoy immensely. Mine was Leonardo. My brother Jer's was Raphael. My brother Danny it was uh, Michelangelo, and my brother Sammy loved Donatello. And when you look at us and you look at all four of those turtles, you're like, no, that makes perfect fucking sense as to why each one of those guys likes that specific turtle. And so, a lot of times when I watch these movies, I see myself and my brothers in it, and that's what I really liked about this. Is I saw some of that in there, which is one of the ways I like to judge my Ninja Turtle stuff on. And so when I, by the time I was, this movie was done, I was just so fucking happy. 
I was full of her, I was just bursting full of love for this movie. Every single song choice that Trent Reznor did as well as whoever else was probably in charge of some of the soundtrack. Everything was just fun. It was either funny, it was very well made. Was, there's a great fucking message by the time the movie's done in a way that the second Michael Bay film, produced film, because he didn't make it per se, tried to do, but never really felt exactly what it wanted to be. And that it's that it pulled off and all the animation is gorgeous. There's some sequences where you're like, that looks like it's just a statue that's moving. And I think that is gorgeous. And like you guys were right, Seth Rogen, he only really puts things behind. He only really puts his weight behind something that he truly loves, whether it's Preacher, whether it's Invincible, unfortunately, whether it's the Green Hornet. <laughs> um, he learned from that. Mistake. He learned from that one, luckily. <laughs> But he he puts everything he puts his all into it, and he's of course he's in the movie, but and even he's fun, and you might not even realize it's him right away. I don't know what else to say that we haven't already said about this movie. Uh, Jackie Chan's great as Splinter. Oh yeah, that's the only other. Oh yeah, and and that's a great interpretation of Splinter, and you get to see Splinter kick ass, which you never see any of the movies, as far as I remember. Well, only in the first one, um, at the end where he beats up the Shredder. You're, You're right, yeah. Um. Sorry, I, I know a lot about the Ninja Turtles. That's why you're on this I review. blanked on that part. The 2003 show and the 2012 show does a really good job with that. Oh, but it's Chris. Uh, also, the Rise of Ninja Turtles does too, but I didn't watch that one. Um, sorry, I keep getting off track. This <laughs> movie is so fucking good. I if you have kids and you, and you and you're also a fan of Ninja Turtles and you want to introduce them, this is a great interpretation of them. They didn't change too much, but they didn't make them too wildly out of character, like say the fucking Saban show did. Or the fucking, or even Rise of the Team of Mutant Ninja Turtles, as much as people like that show. It's overall, it's, I would have to give it 10 out of 10 John Hughes films. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle of all of you guys. I mean, literally and also figuratively. <laughs> because, you know, like Nathan, I didn't really grow up with it. Like Mike, I did have a sibling who loved those and it meant a lot to them. And, you know, like the other Mike, you know, to reiterate what he said is it's a really good thing to take with you to see with your kids. And as an adult, you know, you're not going to be offended by it. There's a few little poop jokes here. There's a few little off color things. But considering it's Seth Rogen, it's remarkably restrained. There's nothing here you're going to feel like embarrassed having to explain to your kids later. Yeah. Uh, there's no weird stoner. There's humor one in thing it. you might feel weird about explaining. Well, that, involves, uh, that involves a machine. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that running joke. That running joke was so funny to me. Yeah. Boy, they really milked that joke for all it was worth, though, yes, didn't they? Did. they? Yes, they did. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I really went to this mainly because I was curious about. You know, the people behind it and also the art style, which seemed like a a nice, refreshing change from a lot of the generic animated stuff that I see go out there. And I really did find myself charmed by this. Like I said, it reminds me of that era in the 80s when like Dave McKinnon and Bill Sankwich and others were like, hey, why don't we, beyond just doing regular traditional you know, four-color uh, four animation. We we can do, like, paintings. We can do watercolors. We can do chalk lines and things and just create different textures in a field that's traditionally very flat. 
And here, it just feels so tactile. Uh, Mike even said, you know, at times it looks like a statue. It, it has this really gorgeous, you know, not rank and bass, but almost stop motion quality. And then you realize that there's all of these graphic elements that are, you know, almost existing like a layer on top of the picture plane. That yeah. it looks like a kid just graffitied over the pictures sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very graffiti-like. You know, and it has a ch- almost childlike quality that I just found very endearing. Although in some of the faster moving sequences it made it a little harder to see but you know that's just the the nature of it i I was charmed by this and i think if you uh love these movies uh you'll like this one and if you aren't really interested hey take your kids to it you might enjoy it anyway i'm gonna give this eight out of ten normal nate mattress ads I heard Nate loses shit oh, I when they said it. normal Nate, I, as I well was... as all of his friends that were there with him. I gotta say, normal Nate uh, <laughs> may actually up his review to ten out of ten. The more I heard Marco say, "No, no, I'm not, not might." I, I this is this movie's fucking perfect. If you like motion pictures, if you like pictures that move, watch. It, this lo- movie. it looks like concept that brought to life, as well yeah. as telling my yeah, earlier, yeah. which was a great way of putting it for a lot of it. And yeah. there is there is a teaser for what comes next. If you're wondering. When the Foot Clan will come in, so and I wasn't fatigued by seeing no, that. No, I was actually I was incredibly like, excited. I was like, "Thank you, give me more." I was, <laughs> God, it's just um, right. It's not a spoiler. If you expect the Foot Clan to end up in a Ninja Turtles thing, eventually, you're not a you. You know what the Ninja Turtles are. And... Uh, yeah, you know, I just I'm just so glad we got some normal Nate as opposed to the other Nate that we have to deal with all the time. So uh, it's a nice change of pace. I, I find that Nate charming. Aw, that mustache is charming. 